Pop that Sudafed <clears throat> and clear your throat. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Hello, hello, hello. That's my new accent. <laughs> I like it. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. What's all this then? Cheerio. Pep, pep. You sound like your brother. I do. <laughs> My New Jersey Londoner brother. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Hi. It's uh, the morning show. I'm Mark. And I'm Nicole. And I want some of this sweet. I have my mic Delicious on. nectar. I, I'm, I tried to like... I have the right mics selected. Good. We are on the ball this morning. Good, good, good. And we already have a super chat from OJ. Oh, that's awesome. He says, they haven't started yet. I demand two refunds. Two refunds? Oh. And then uh, he gives us go. an additional $5, so that now we have to refund him again. I can't keep up, you guys. I need to, I need to learn OJ's real name. I, I, can't I, don't, I, I would think OJ doesn't want you to know yeah. his real name, <laughs> as evidenced by his screen name. Uh, so yes, today, I'm blonde again. Yeah. <laughs> Very blonde. And I'm less gray. Oh, my God. So Adventures in hair. Clearly, a, uh, a heaping load of dye has descended itself <laughs> upon the Spagnolo house. <laughs> okay, um, what the hell are we talking about? I don't know. Okay, let's do a show. I, oh, I want to say happy birthday to Scott Johnson over at Frog Pants. Oh, happy birthday, Scott. Happy birthday, Scott. I know you don't watch us, but that's okay. He doesn't. He doesn't care. <laughs> uh, I do a, a little podcast. Well, it's not a little po- podcast, but on Wednesdays, I go on the morning stream. It's an audio podcast with Scott and Brian. Jack says, looking like a Marine, high and tight. Look, there's only one haircut that Mark knows how to give himself, and it's high and tight. Mm. I don't know how to do anything else. I mean, it's it's a clipper cut, because that's all I can do by myself. Tom thinks your shirt is cool. Oh, thanks. I bought yeah, that. Yeah, Nicole got that for me. It was one of those weird I loves it. Facebook things where they can, like, scan what you're looking for. They know what you're interested in. And so they served it up, and like, I like that shirt. Like every other ad I get for t-shirts Sold. is smoke Brisket, not meth. That just keeps coming up over and over. It's ridiculous. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is we didn't have any uh, Patreon supporters to nope. announce today. So you, right. you notice there's like a little vacancy thing there. <laughs> this says your name here. Uh, if you want to help support the show, you'll get your name up there on the title screen. Uh, that's at patreon.com slash woodwhisperer. There's other benefits too. There's an and after there, show. And there's unspoken benefits that I, Ooh, I haven't we even... We don't speak of them. I don't even speak of them. Uh, we start using yeah. a service called Bongiorno, mm-hmm. and Mark and I do private little personalized thank yous to everyone that subscribes. We're about, I have about six or so. We usually do them after the show. Yeah. Uh, Josh, I don't know if you're asking me, but he says, you know, where'd you find someone to cut your hair? I'm starting to look like Macromono over here. Well, no one wants that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I cut my own hair. Yeah. That's, that's the reason why it's we could, shorter. We, we could give a wall... <clears throat> A little thank you. They sent you a gift pack of like cutters. Yeah, they did. Hold on. What I'm are gonna... you doing? Sorry. I just got a notification that the, uh, the stream connection isn't as good. So mm. I want to just, which is weird, well. but I'm going to turn all my cameras <laughs> off. Did you use the Floby? Oh, it sucks as it cuts. All right. It sucks and cuts. So we do have questions here pre selected from the uh, folks at Patreon. Not the people that work there, the people that are patrons of ours yes. on Patreon. Uh, and Nicole will get the rest of the questions from our chat room on uh, uh, the YouTube. The YouTube, and I grab it and I <coughs> throw it in. So even if you asked it and you're like, well, they didn't answer, I might. Yep. She slaps it, flips it, and rubs it down. All right, Sebastian wants it to says know. says the video is cutting out. Yeah, that's what I said. It was, I'm getting like weird notifications about the <coughs> internet quality. We said cut it out. <coughs> cut it out, Nicole. <laughs> it's back. It's laggy. Yeah, I don't know it's what's YouTube. going on. Yeah, I would, let's blame YouTube. Let's yeah. do that. Mm. We shouldn't both drink at the same time. Okay. You mentioned that you got rid of your crosscut sled and that you're now only able to use or only using the Incra fence. It also works pretty well for me, except for when I need to cut really small parts. See this picture as an example. I can't easily use the outfeed part of the Incra system. What would be your solution? Extending the sacrificial fence of the Incra sled. So here's a little photo. You can see what he's talking about. So you see that little piece of walnut? That's a stop that's up against his fence. He puts his skinny little workpiece up against that, and then he can make his crosscut, and the crosscut just falls away. So I have two potential uh, solutions, maybe questions for you. Um, first question is, what's wrong with that? <laughs> There's really no reason why you can't just... What's up with that? What's up with, what's that? Up with that? There's no reason why you can't do exactly what you're showing me here. That piece can just fall off. You might get a little bit of tear out there, 
and the piece might go for a little walk, <laughs> like the blade might hit it a little bit and it'll skirt over to the side. You want to grab those off cuts carefully and remove them so they don't go back into the blade. But I do this all the time. The off cut just falls down. It's not that big of a deal. If you're super concerned about it, you can cut a smaller piece of just half inch plywood, half inch stock, double stick tape it to the right of the blade. But in front, or I guess in back, depending on your perspective, uh, do it so that it doesn't interfere with your stop. As long as it's at or below the surface of that, that um, crosscut sled, you could rely on that to catch, <clears throat> excuse me, catch your offcut. And the third thing that you can do is go the other way. Use the stop that's built into your fence system and have, you know, you got about, what's that look like? A two, two inch piece, a two and a half inch long piece. You could set your stop for two and a half inches and then you have your, uh, the, the excess going to the right on the saw instead of to the left. That can be a little bit tricky, but you would still have the support of the sub base system there. Uh, and you might want to also have done this before. Grab a pencil with a big chunky eraser on it and use that to hold the piece in place just as a little bit of extra support. So when you make your cut, you go forward. It's a David Marks thing. He did that all the time. Uh, even on a regular crosscut sled. And when you come back, it's nice and secure. So those are three potential solutions for you. Trace. Okay. <laughs> little silence there as I'm <laughs> reading comments that I shouldn't bother yeah, reading. Yeah, don't worry. I'll, I'm handling <clears throat> Cole Mason. Cole! Soon I'll be ordering my first two hand tools of good quality, the Veritas Standard Angle Block Plane with PMV11 blade and Veritas Dubtail Saw. What sort of setup would someone generally encounter when setting up new hand tools? Why Veritas, you ask? As I am a Canadian, I'm obliged to order from Lee Valley, otherwise my maple syrup rations will be taken away. <laughs> hey, I watched you should, a you should send us some maple syrup. <laughs> I watched a thing on Netflix about that whole maple syrup heist. Oh yeah. It's pretty intense. So I was part of a show. Uh, Brian did. Yeah. Uh, has it been a year? The next American Probably top over a year? podcaster. It was basically a <clears throat> podcasting competition. Um, I was yeah. one of the judges. And if you want to, if you're interested in like audio podcasts and like some good tips about starting one, this is the show to listen to. We had, I think, twelve just brand new people that wanted to get into podcasting. Mm -hmm. And one of the podcasts was about the Maple Heist. And it was okay. so well done that we told her, you need to make this into a podcast. You need to sell that to Netflix. <laughs> it was so good. That's cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a link to the Next American Top Podcaster podcast in the show. Seriously, if you're looking for an interesting view behind the scenes on podcasting and some good content, yep. give it a listen. It is cool. I'm, I'm interrupting you. <clears throat> I can tell you're... Oh, I, I'm just in the middle of answering someone's question. That's I all. Did. No, you weren't. I thought you were done. I just read oh. the question. Oh, I haven't uh, answered it yet. Okay. But if you want to talk about podcasting. Hey. <coughs> excuse me. I'll just keep clearing my yeah, voice you, this morning. Yeah, you, you keep doing that. You just that. want to talk about Scott and Brian. That's fine. <laughs> I know. I'm talking about, about them a lot. Okay. Lately. So here's the plane or the uh, little block plane he's talking about. It's a nice little unit, the Veritas. Beautiful little thing. You know, here's the joy of buying something like Lee Nielsen or Veritas. You should have nothing to do. You might take that blade that they send you and maybe give it just a little bit more of a honing. Maybe you want to put a secondary bevel on it, but you really shouldn't have to do much of anything. Uh, the planes you have to do something to are usually the ones that you get at Home Depot or something that's, you know, that's going to cost a third of the price. You shouldn't have to do anything, right? So maybe hone the blade up a little bit. But pop that blade in there, extend it, make sure it's even on both sides so you don't have one side protruding more than the other, and start cutting wood. Um, that's the joy of getting a high-quality plane. They take that time to, uh, their, their quality control is good enough that the plane is in great shape, it's ready to go out of the box. Love it. The, I, I know you don't want to pause, but the, the chat is everyone's having problems. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do about it. All We're in right. the middle of a show, yeah, Nicole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanted to pause and well, go I'm reboot the router? Well, just making sure that the... There's absolutely nothing that I can do right now. Because I... Ref oh, yeah. Ooh. 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 Yeah, I don't know. All right, keep going forward. Keep it going forward. <laughs> keep going forward. Yeah. Eh, it's a bummer. What are you going to do? You know what? We're not really doing anything important here anyway, so what's the, <laughs> what's the difference? Uh, Araya Woodwork says, after gluing a tabletop made of alder... Uh, 74 by 38 by one and a half. The top has developed a cup. What would be the possible reasons? My garage is not insulated and it's been really hot it's in hair. Texas. 
would using tight bond affect a top like this in regards to the water content in the glue? Uh, you know, I don't think the water content is a huge factor. It's really just a very thin film between the boards. I don't think it's enough to really impact cupping and things like that. Sometimes this just happens, and, uh, and I've had it occur in the past. But there are things you can do to kind of reduce the chances that something like this is going to go haywire on you. All of those things are kind of summed up in a video I did, uh, I think it was this year, um, called, uh, what is it, 10 tips for wide panels that stay flat or keeping panels flat, something goofy like that. I've got the link here, but just go panels or panels staying flat. Uh, search for that on our website or on our YouTube channel. You'll find the video. Um, those are the things that I always do and the things that essentially all you're doing is trying to make sure that Mother Nature isn't going to bite you in the butt because that's what can happen sometimes with those big panels. So that rather than give you all the answers here, check out that video. That's going to help you out. Chet Klaus did a super <clears throat> chat and says, Tool brag in honor of me signing the contract to have my new shop built or just use it towards QoS. Yeah, that QoS fund is running low, you guys. You know what this is? It's punishment for no one getting uh, a, a Patreon uh, sign-up this no, week. That's what no. it is. I think it's because Josh is in the chat. Yeah. Every time Josh is here, man. Josh, come on. We're, we're just having fun. Okay, Patrick wants to know. He says, Mark, how do you deal with customers who want to lowball you on a project? Cannot make them understand that quality takes time. Yeah. You know what I do? I stop working for them. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I did. I had a couple of questions recently from people who were uh, assuming that I still do client work. And I don't. It's just not part of what I do anymore. I stopped doing that years ago. Uh, clients can be very difficult. Some can be great. Some are awful. And it's, uh, you know, your job to navigate that quagmire giggity. Giggity. So, uh, you know, you can't always force people to understand quality, the best you can do is give them a fair price, a price that makes you feel like your work is valued. If they say absolutely not and they drop down $1,000, then that's probably not the client for you. Um, you have to try to find people who do understand that value. If you, and I'm not saying don't make an effort, you know, if they give you a low ball price and you say, well, look, I just can't afford to do work at that price, here's why. I start with raw material. I take a raw board. I, I process it to do this. And you want to give them, you know, sort of a, a broad understanding of what you do. Maybe that could convince them, but I most likely it isn't. So, but do your best. It's always good to try to educate the client. Uh, here's the other thing. You want to educate them on the way in. Before you even give them a bid, you're having that first conversation with them. It's probably a good time to make sure they understand the level, the depth of care and attention you're putting into your projects so that when you do come back with that price, it's understandable. <laughs> You've that? prepared them. Yeah. I mean, we do this thinking from the other side. Uh, when we've had contractors come in and give us a bid, depending on how they approach us, if they come in, they look kind of unprepared. All they just have is a notebook. Oh, They're just yeah. writing Remember stuff that down. Guy? Oh, he was awful. Um, you know, they're not really taking many measurements. They're not asking you questions. You start to lose faith, you know, that this person either can read your mind and figure out exactly what you want, or they're not asking questions because they're probably going to mess it up and not give you what you want. So be, you know, animated, involved, ask the questions, make sure they understand how much care and attention you're going to give so that when you give them that price and they weigh it against someone else's price, they go, well, look at this guy. He came in here rolling with you know, a 3D model, that's always a good thing. Yeah. Uh, he was giving us, you know, stain samples and example, like make them confident that you are worth spending that money on. So uh, aside from that, bad advice because I don't do this anymore. I don't know, maybe, that, maybe that'll help you out, hopefully. It's tough. It's a tough way to go. Got a question here from Dino Bat. How's your CNC coming? Oh, it looks it's uh it's holding stuff really yeah, nicely. It is. There's a there's a apron on there. I've got a screwdriver <laughs> see, on top I of see. it. <laughs> I haven't used it in a while. Yeah, uh, that's why. Okay. We are still we still are selling templates though. Yeah, the the someone asked me on a oh I had an AMA the other day. Oh, I yeah, might want to yeah. mention that if you follow uh, the woodworking place. What do they call Reddit? Reddit. No, but what do they call the rooms within our, Reddit? Our woodworking. Our woodworking. But what is it? Is it a room? Is it a group? I don't know. Is it a collection? Is it a gaggle? Is it a murder? No. Sometimes it feels like that. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that's what you're witnessing when you go to Reddit. So in the r slash woodworking thing over at Reddit, I did an AMA 
Well, yesterday, right? Yeah, it, uh, it was yesterday. It's like my third one there. Um, you know, for all the, the stuff that people say about Reddit that kind of gives it a bad reputation and makes it like a rough environment sometimes, I always have a pleasant experience with the AMAs. Uh, Everybody is kind and courteous. Now, what they say about me after I leave... I was going to say. <laughs> ...is a different story. But the people who are there for that hour are fantastic. So Good people. Uh, go to our woodworking and, and search put, for it. I just put the link in the chat. Oh, cool. So there you go. But the funny thing is I'm... Oh, a subreddit. Subreddit. There you go. Thank you. I knew there was an official name for it. So the, the funny thing about it is like, what do I do for a living? Mm-hmm. I ask questions or mm-hmm. answer questions. Mm-hmm. That's all I do is answer questions. Yeah. So that's why answer. I'm always surprised that anyone has interest in an AMA because I kind of feel like I have aid a lot already. Mm. Aid. Answered. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tony Tang. It's going to move along here. Just, Just keep going. Shows off the rails. Right. I'm making a lounge chair with a base that's in the shape of a city skyline. That sounds neat. So there are vertical beams of different lengths glued together. The beams are three inch thick. Wow, that's substantial. Uh, and the base is about 40 inches long. The shortest beam is about three inches long, so I'm concerned about the strength there. So I was thinking about routing a deep dado at the bottom of the base to add a long strip of plywood to that dado. Uh, can I do that without wood movement kicking me in the you-know-what later? Well, I would love to see drawings or a picture of this, Tony, to give you really solid advice. But as I'm picturing it, I'm seeing this skyline of small pieces. Well, they sound like they're actually big pieces, uh, fairly thick pieces. But each one kind of represents a different building. I don't know if those pieces are all glued together in a quasi-panel or not. But it sounds like they might be touching each other or close to one another. And if that's the case, you essentially just have a wide panel. So wood movement rules absolutely apply. So if you were to completely lock that cityscape down to a rail that's at the bottom with some kind of a piece of plywood, a strip of plywood, you are restricting movement. So the whole thing is it's all cumulative, right? So if you have a two inch piece, a two inch piece, a two inch piece, that all starts to act like a big wide panel, even if you have different lengths, right? So you could be in hot water if you do that. So, again, I can't give you, like, alternative advice without seeing a little bit more about the project. So maybe send me a picture, and I might be able to help you out a little bit more. Who do you have next? Robert. I thought one of them did send you a a picture. Yeah, I've got pictures for a couple different things. Yeah, okay. Jax has a picture. Okay, Robert says, how do you deal with all the sawdust and wood shavings that build up? I have enough fire starters, mulch, compost to last me for a few years now. I'm looking for other suggestions at this point. Assuming you have way more um, than I ever will and was wondering if you're dealing, disposing, reusing, recycling, whatever with it. So um, we've talked about this in the past. We, we had a person locally, an artist, that was using it to kind of smolder clay mm-hmm. as part yeah, of a weird smoke effect. Hole, you dig a hole, put the pot in, yeah. and then you put the wood shavings all around mm-hmm. it. It was some kind of process she was doing. Um, I think we lost touch with her. Yes, we gave her plenty. I think she had enough. I think we gave her plenty. Yeah, uh, honestly, at this point, I don't use it in our garden. We don't really have a big yard. And a lot of, you know, the the garden space that we do have is mulched. uh, And it's like dark brown mulch. So wood dust wouldn't really do so well out there or look very good. So I throw it away. Uh, I wish there was a better solution for it. And um, But I got to tell you, with the, the amount that we produce and the fact that I... Usually it happens. I'm in the middle of milling. No, but we produce enough that I can't necessarily just keep dumping it somewhere or recycling it. So so if there were something that were convenient, I would totally do it. But Mm -hmm. I don't really have a great suggestion for you. It's um, it's a whole thing. People are like, well, you do all the barbecue. You know, make fire starters. I could probably get a two-year supply of fire starters out of one bin Mm -hmm. of dust. Yeah. Like. And really, my fire starter is, is a match. So I don't usually need anything more than that. Um, okay. So Jack's got a problem, Nicole. I, I hear. Jack has a big problem. Jack says, I made a Murphy bed with three-quarter inch alder frame, half-inch plywood panels. Unfortunately, I didn't think about the weight that would transfer from vertical to horizontal positioning oh, of the bed. Oh, yeah. Right. And how thin and weak the dados and the styles would be. My styles are cracking at the ends where the stub tenons and panels insert by about three quarters of an inch. I want to reinforce the junction of the rails and styles and created a few pieces of three quarter inch thick alder that span across the intersection and create a sort of basket weave appearance. I'm stuck on how I should attach them. Uh, If only at the rails, I'm afraid that the cracks will just continue 
and trap the widthwise expansion of the styles. Um, if I only attach it at the styles, I'm afraid the cross grain attachment will prevent expansion altogether and cause more cracks. So here is a drawing. Jack did send a couple of pictures, but this kind of expresses it the best. So it's a whole big frame and panel, um, you know, six panel design there. And this little thing that he wants to glue across that joint is this the one, two, one that you see there. So we're looking at basic frame and panel design here. The rails and styles probably, if I had to guess, look like they were maybe two and a half to three inches wide. So here's the thing, Jack. I'm, I mean, I'm afraid for the long-term um, viability of this product. Uh, the, 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 the whole thing in general, I don't know that you're going to get what you want out of it with this repair. But considering, considering that you're faced with a potential do-over, which would really suck... I think it's time to do what you're saying, you know, to band-aid it, try to make it work, try to make it just a little bit stronger. And if things still don't work out, this little repair that you're, you're doing, the reinforcement, um, at least you tried something, right? So in the case of a frame and panel, the movement is all in the panel, right? Uh, movement happens the wider, you know, the wider the board is, the more movement you see. So when you're looking at rails and styles that are maybe two and a half to three inches wide, sure, there's going to be a little bit of movement. Is it enough that if you do a cross grain thing, is that going to really cause more problems or, or, you know, make more trouble than it's worth? In this case, I don't think so. I actually think you're fine. Uh, two, two to three inch rails and styles aren't going to move that much. And there is flexibility in wood, flexibility in adhesive. So if you just go all the way across that joint, put your little basket weave thing in there, there's a chance it might be just fine, especially in a stable interior environment. It's really those panels, and in this case you use plywood, so you don't have much movement there either, uh, but it's the panels where you go nice and wide that we're concerned about. Door frames, I mean, I've made door frames two to three inches wide where I've really just precisely tried to get a sixteenth of an inch gap all the way around. And if the frame were to expand a lot, I'd have a problem, right? Eventually trying to open that thing, it would catch. So there are climates where that could very well be an issue, but I, I'm just thinking inside a house, I think you are probably okay limiting the movement and uh, hopefully reinforcing it. Uh, T -T, uh, Tony Tang, in Tony the, Tang is in the chat and he wants to know how, how do we send you pics? So when you write your comment on Patreon, if you have your picture hosted on like, Flickr or uh, any any hosting even, service, even Facebook. Any Microsoft or Apple thing, a lot of times yeah. you have a shareable link, yeah. a Dropbox, Dropbox link. link. It's got to be hosted somewhere else. Yeah. So just put the link in with your question. A couple of people did that today. Yeah. And that's why I was like, that was perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the pictures really help and it's fun for me to put those up there so other people know what we're talking about. So if you, if you can do pictures, please yeah, do. Yeah, just link the two. So when you're writing your question... I just wish Patreon would just put an attachment yeah, thing. You would think. Make it a little bit more Facebook-y yeah, in that way. Friendlier. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But they don't. So my this last, is our workaround. <laughs> oh, my last question is actually for the after show. Okay. It's about barbecue. Oh, yes. Well, I wanted to bring up a few weeks ago, I had asked... How's the stream? Any better? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I had asked everyone to let me know uh, of either a... YouTuber or Instagram account that they like that had really low, you know, less than 10,000 yep. so, uh, followers. Yep. Uh, and I, I, I've gotten a lot. So I'm going to every week slowly go through this list. The first one I want to uh, mention is from Robert Brower. Uh, he's mentioning and giving us uh, a YouTuber named Like Wood. He is, a, he is a CNC operator and makes furniture from CNC. Perfect. He makes furniture that looks like wood. <laughs> like wood. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he only has 5,000 subscribers. Well, that is a travesty, Nicole. He and let's change it a, a, to 5,003 <laughs> today. That's the difference <laughs> that you get here at the morning show. <laughs> but he has, I mean, he, he's been doing this for, looks like around two years. Uh -huh. Lots of cool projects, trivets chairs this mm -hmm. is all cnc um so if you want to check out like l-i-k-e wood that's his that's his um youtube channel and wonderful that's what i got for you on the woodworking side uh, also robert said he, um wait a minute is this i put a lot of effort in it now is mark has him? i don't think so but Ro Ro is that robert 
He says, may you get inspired by my designs. So he's talking about himself. <laughs> you weren't supposed to submit yourself. And you let him through, Nicole. You let him get through. But it's still a great channel. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's a great channel. It's fine. There he is right there. There's Robert. Well, here's part of the problem. If you are an underserved yeah. sort of Maybe channel. Maybe not everybody knows about you. Well, how do you, how, like, how do you get someone yeah. to nominate you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but still, try not to do the self-promotion thing. <laughs> try to nominate someone else. Because I'm going to uh, read the comments. I get it. I get it. I understand. It's difficult. Uh, and then Matthew Bronner, one of my first submissions, gave us a barbecue channel that he thinks that you're going to like. And he says, Ooh. straight up, down to earth guys who give excellent, honest advice about barbecue and smoking. Also does a live weekly uh, event with member interaction. What? And it's is called it? Just Piddling. It sounds like something I would call a barbecue. I know. Just piddling just barbecue. Piddling? Just piddling. That's fantastic. So uh, I'm going to go follow you them. You need to. They only they have roughly 8,000 subscribers. Uh huh. Well, that's because they didn't put the T in just. No one knows how to find <laughs> just, it. Just, yes. It's just. Just. Just, just piddling. piddling. Okay, I'm going to look that up and I will subscribe. So I put both a link. That's just piddling. Mm -hmm. And then I'll put Likewood also in the chat and we'll put those in the show notes as well if you're looking for some new follows on, on YouTube. And I'll try to feature a couple of these every every week. Okay. Uh, let's uh, see. So there was a question here. Oh, uh, Nicole. What? Don would like to know, have you stopped sending out your weekly newsletter? No, I, I actually prepped it. Uh, I'm, I'm behind. She's behind. But I do, it's ready for you. And I will say that the newsletter has become more of a monthly thing anyway. Yeah, we, well, we wanted to kind of consolidate the message yeah. and not, you know, hit people four times a month. Yeah. Especially if there's nothing new that's happened, yeah. you know? So Well people do like to see the projects. Mm -hmm. So We're overdue. I mean that's initially what it was. It was just me showing projects. Yeah. Okay. So Oscar Oscar has a question that's kind of interesting. If some rich person waked up to you, I think it's walked up to you and offered cash for your entire shop, what would the magic number to start new be? His is twenty five thousand dollars. Um, well, someone else brought up a really good point. My shop is actually attached to my house, so you mm -hmm. would need to buy the entire house. But I think yeah. what, he, what he means is every tool, every woodworking-related item in this space just leaves. Um, what would the magic number be He's just to start trying. over? Well, look, you don't want to ask me <laughs> no, this question. He's been building this up <clears throat> since 2003. Well, uh, more, more problematically, is that a word, Nicole? I'm going to make it one. The, the thing is I'm sponsored, right? So if, worst case scenario, let's take it in a different direction. If there were a disaster, something happened in my shop, tools just gone. Mm -hmm. I could, I mean, I'm being as honest and open as I can. I could get new tools here very quickly. I don't know that they would be real happy about it. <laughs> but we have a sponsor for a reason. And one of those reasons mm -hmm. is to make sure we are supplied with tools so that we can continue to make content to show their brand and to teach people woodworking. So in my case... Um, it would be a really crappy thing to do to accept money for all of this and then be like, hey, Powermatic, I lost my tools. Right. But I happened to find this check for 25 grand. Like, it, it, you know, the scenario can never actually play out. But mm -hmm. that said, I'm just in a, a very just weird position. How, much shop, how, much you how am I supposed to give a number to that? It, it would be disingenuous, mm -hmm. you know? And here's the thing for me, it's an inconvenience thing. Every tool that comes in has to be calibrated and set up and put together. One million dollars. So the, said. the real question is, well, maybe not that how much. much money would it take? Let's take all the ethics out of it. How much money would it take for me to want to reassemble and put all of these things together again? Uh, probably a hundred thousand dollars. I would do it for a hundred grand, mm -hmm. and then we would uh, put some the serious money into. Uh, I just yeah. give you the candy bar. I would do it for a candy bar. <laughs> cool. Very cheap. Uh, we would just have a, a hundred grand to put in some uh, savings and uh, investment accounts for the kids. There you go. That's what would happen. <clears throat> I got a question from Sly. Uh, this is kind of off topic. Yeah. But you did write a book, two books, uh, which you can pick up in the Guild store. Yes. Mark's mom is still shipping out Not those Not just books. the Guild store. TWWstore.com oh. right. has all of our books. I even put the uh, digital version of finishing okay. it ain't over till it's over all right god i want to i just wish i had nothing else to do that to i could sit down one. and redo that book yeah it's very frustrating uh, so tww store anyway sly wants to know if you could comment how difficult the whole 
the whole issue of getting your latest book published from layout to finding a publisher, how long did it take and what were the issue? Well, we didn't have to find a publisher, they found us. In both cases, I was approached uh, to write a book because that's what publishers will do these days. They look for someone who they think can sell books. And most of the time, they really don't even care what you want to write about. Like they will once you start getting into like, okay, here's all the details and they'll have opinions. But generally speaking, if you have a name and you have an audience, then you're someone who potentially could sell a book. Uh, so in both cases, um, that's what it was. So hybrid woodworking mm -hmm. was the first one. That was the more challenging one. <clears throat> that was definitely more challenging. Uh, they basically said, hey, do you want to write a book? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't, what would I write about? You know, there's smarter people than me who have written books that are better than the one I'm going to write. And they were like, no, think of something. If you come up with something, let us know. So I did come up with the idea for hybrid woodworking. That was kind of my brainchild as far as what I thought I can contribute to the world of, of book writing and book reading. Uh, so then I basically spent a six-month period doing nothing but that book. Mm -hmm. The writing of it was was pretty intense because I'm not naturally a good writer. So I had to do all that while we only had Mateo at the time. Yeah. So, but he was still young. I spent a lot of time at the zoo. He was very demanding. Oh, my God. He still is. <laughs> very demanding. Yes. But uh, I would need a lot of alone time. So I would either go to diners and sit there by myself or Nicole mm -hmm. would take Mateo out somewhere for the day so that I could just focus on writing. Then once all the writing was done, then I had to go in the shop and actually photograph everything myself. Because <clears throat> if you think that like writing a book means a crew is going to come out and do work for you, that's not going to happen. That's just not in the budget yeah. of print these days. Yeah. I mean, unless you're someone way bigger than me. Uh, so that's how hybrid woodworking went down. And then... Um, Similar thing, I was approached by... Uh, oh, no, after that, you're like, I'm never writing Oh, I said I'm never doing it again. I'm never doing this In fact, again. I told Matt and, uh, and Shannon to kick me in the nuts if I ever decide to do a book again. So about four years later... They kicked him in the nuts. Look, it's a lot like childbirth, right? I guess, yeah. That moment yeah. is absolute torture in hell on most women, yet they still do it again. I love that you're they kind of forget. minimizing what I went through to book writing. No, I'm actually making it sound worse. <laughs> book writing was just pure hell, Nicole. <laughs> Actually, uh, your pregnancy was yeah. way worse. Yeah, I know. Anyway. I, and I know you're joking. I am joking. So everybody listening, I know he's joking. So then, yeah, for, for Essential Joinery, it was kind of the same thing, except for they had an idea. They just wanted me to write the book. They were like, look, here's this concept. We want to do uh, you know, a, a basic joinery book, bringing people into fine woodworking. Do you think you could write that? And I was like, no, that sounds dumb. I can't write that. And then I gave it a lot more thought, and I was like, well, maybe I can. I found my angle, right? And then I move forward with the book. Uh, Gazank has a great question. What are you going to do a barbecue book? Because those are hot. <laughs> I don't know enough about it. Yeah, I know you don't. I mean, that didn't stop me from doing yeah, a woodworking yes, book. But that's true. <laughs> admittedly, I'm still way early in the learning yeah. phase on barbecue. Like, I don't want that kind of. Mm -hmm. I don't want that kind of heat. I, I love uh, a pio, a pio's pina's question. <laughs> Look. He says, when are you going to confront Cremona about his cheap Friday Live copy streams? <laughs> Listen, you know, you just you start a thing. Yeah. It works. People go, We're honored. hey, wait a minute. I have a camera. <laughs> I have a wife. I can do this too. Uh, and, then, uh, and you can. And then you can. Yeah. It just, uh, you know, it's fine. It's fine. They do it in the evening. All I can say is this wouldn't be the first time Matt just kind of oh, copied something. I did. <laughs> Kind of the secret to his success, frankly. Uh, no, who cares? It's fine. I know you're joking, too. So what? Um, I love the fact that people do this because I think it's important to understand that we're all just kind of regular people. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't want to dye my hair, but after listening to a thousand people point out how gray my hair was, I'm like, God dang it, I want to just shut up. <laughs> dye the hair. Let's get it over with. Mine was red. Right? Mm -mm. But we're just humans. We're just... You know, when you cut me, do I not bleed, Nicole? Yeah. You know, when I fart in a room, does everyone not smell it? I do smell it. Nicole? And I leave. And, and when, you know, I think it's important to see the family element of these things. Because you guys, you guys um, are compelled in some ways to support us, right? <laughs> to watch whether this train back. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's financial or just simply by viewing these things certainly helps us. Um, but we have a lot of asks out there, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're like, hey, support the show. We appreciate your help, blah, blah, blah. Well, who are you supporting? It's usually not just this person in front of the camera. There's usually a significant other and maybe a family involved. So I don't know. I think it's great. I, I think too. that they're they're doing their show too. They have such a cute little family. And they, I like that they do a nighttime show. Yeah. And instead of coffee, they're drinking wine. 
and getting drunk. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> I want to know how they do it because they have more kids than we do. Oh, yeah. And it's in the evening. Yeah. Anyway. I need to. It's good stuff. I need to get some of that. Mm-hmm. Get some uh, of that. <laughs> Whatever they got. Whatever they need, got. I need, give me some, I need of that, some of it. Some of that babysitting action. <laughs> Ellie says I. Oh, oh there's Ava. Oh, uh, yeah. the periodic All visit right. from Ava. Okay. Oh, cool. Good job. Is it me? Yep. Okay. Close the door. Okay. Thanks. She had something on a phone. I gave her my phone this morning, which normally I don't do. My so look. She's uh, exploring. I, I still have a lot of old Mateo <clears throat> games on there. Yeah. Uh, Sly. Sly. Wants to know. Oh, no. We already talked about Sly. Ellie. I just milled some boards for a panel, glue up, and took off a quarter inch uh, from each face. How long should I let it sit before taking off the final one sixteenth and doing the glue up? I don't know. Where's the question? Point to it. Okay, boards for a panel glue up. Took off a quarter inch from each face. How long should I let? Well, I mean, you can go today. Go now. Glue it up. Like, unless there's a reason not to. Uh, it's important to know where your material comes from. When it comes to your shop, is it like losing moisture at that point? Is it taking moisture in? Many times where we get wood locally, it's a comparable environment to where we're building. So you don't, I mean, there's a general rule of thumb that people are like, oh yeah, any wood you get, bring it into the shop, let it acclimate for a couple of weeks. That's kind of what you do when you have no idea what's happening. Uh, if you have a moisture meter and you can kind of look at the condition of the wood, you know, the relative humidity and kind of predict where it's going to go, uh, you are, I mean, I like your pattern that you're doing there, taking a bit of material off of each face, giving it a little bit more time. But if you have let that sit after that milling for 24 hours and it's still flat and not really doing anything, just go for it, man. Don't wait any longer. I think you're fine. Hey, man. <clears throat> uh, you know, I'm trying to do like a colloquial sort of everyman thing, Nicole, by calling people, calling people man. What about the woman? Well, that wasn't a woman. Right. It would be inappropriate to call him a woman. Yeah. Y'all. Y'all's? Y'all is good. Uh, last time I y'all used, is a girl. Last time I used the word y'all, I got yelled at. <laughs> Did you? Because I'm not from the South. It doesn't matter. My, my old uh, colleague, Sarah, said, you're from New Jersey. You can't use you that. You can use y'all all y'all want. <clears throat> all y'all want. Use it all you want, all you want, y'all. Okay, what else? Uh, I got a question here from uh, Dolfa Picano. I don't know, but it sounds delicious. Yes. <laughs> uh, so other than, sharp, than sharpening faster, what is the need for a wet sharpener like a Tormac? Mm -hmm. Can stones do everything? Yep. Uh, what's the benefit of having both? Thanks. I love the guild. Oh. Okay. Well, those systems, Sorry, I up your name. those systems are kind of designed to do a lot of different things. So with a Tormek, you could do scissors, you could do pocket knives, you could do kitchen knives, you could do turning tools. It's a whole system. And yes, it will also do plain blades. It will also do chisels. Um, so those are a little harder to do on a set of like conventional water stones or oil stones. Uh, so you've got that as an aspect, but not all of these systems have all of those features that the Tormek does, but you brought up the Tormek, so we're talking about it. Uh, the other thing is, yes, it can speed things up. So if I have a chisel, let's say I drop it on concrete and I really hurt that edge, I might go, if, if it's bad enough, I might go to my dry grinder, you know, to completely reset the bevel. <laughs> but if I have a lot of grinding I need to do in a hurry, but I don't necessarily need to, to bring out the dry um, grinder, I may go to a Tormek because it's faster than what I can do on my stones. Um, so yeah, speed, convenience, repeatability, and versatility. These are the reasons why you would jump to a system like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, most of the, the sort of standard stuff that we do in a wood shop, your chisels, uh, your plain blades, you could certainly do just as well, if not better, with, you know, with your hand stones, or with your, your water stones and your oil <laughs> stones. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you like what they're, if you like the uh, cut of their jib, Go ahead and get a Tormek. I don't know anyone who bought a Tormek who's like really unhappy with it, right? It's right. it's pricey, it's expensive, but it does what they say it does. It does what it do. It do what it do. Hey, did you get Adrian's question? He messaged it to me on Patreon. Probably not. Ban uh, bandsaw is the topic. I bought nope. some 12-inch wide maple at a local supplier yesterday. Now nice. I need a bandsaw that can cut it oh boy. in half. What brand model horsepower I have 220 volt, would you suggest? I can spend up to 2000 on a saw or hopefully find a good used one. Any suggestions? This goes under the category of questions I hate answering. 
because in order to answer a question you like this, have experience with you have tools. to have a, a good understanding of the market. And I'm not saying what bandsaws do, but what's available currently and what the price range is. I don't know. I, it would take me about 15 minutes of research to kind of look around, read some reviews. Um, I can tell you right now, one of the better bargains that I hear people talking well about are uh, the Rikon series of bandsaws. Um, pretty good bang for the buck there. So start there. But I, I can't give you really good specifics. You have two bandsaws. You have, and of course they're paramatic. <clears throat> yeah, you so I got a, a PM1500. So that's 15 inch? That is. And then the uh, the 14 inch, you know, like it looks like everyone else is 14 inch 14 from Powermatic. Inch. Um, but, you know, those are not bargains. No. Like Powermatic stuff is on the higher end of but the price structure. I did structure. just get an email that the Jet uh, tools are on sale right 10% off. I don't, I'm not familiar with their bandsaws. You know, Plan D. I could show you some pictures, my friend. He says, uh, I want Mark to be bleach blonde, <laughs> spiky, and bring back the soul patch. Let's go, Flavor Town. You used to have tips, didn't you? Oh, no. No? That They were just dyed and then oh, grew out, right. which eventually, <laughs> when tips. it's bleached, they become tips if you yeah. just let it grow out. Uh, yeah, when I was the 90s. back in my punk band days, I had all kinds of bleached mm -hmm. hair. It was really, really awful. You know what it looks like when you have big, dark eyebrows <laughs> and blonde hair? Yeah. It looks like you have two caterpillars mm. hanging on top of your face. <laughs> you know? But somehow, um, no one made fun of me yeah. at the time. Afterwards, sure. Definitely was made fun. A lot. I got one more Patreon question that came in last minute from Michael okay. Cedor. Good morning. I have a question about filler, like Timbermate prod on projects. I was going to try some on a box I made out of walnut and wonder when best to apply. Let me see the uh, question again. Right here. Sometimes I, I have trouble with you don't listening listen. to you while you talk. It's kind of the training of marriage <laughs> that makes this a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you would be the same way. No, I wouldn't because we're in a show and I'm... It's like over time when you're married, there's a filter in your brain and it just builds strength. Just read it yourself. That the frequency of your significant other's voice just gets filtered out automatically. You're such a jerk. Can I see the question? No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to try some on a box made out of walnut. Wondered if it's uh, when best to apply. Okay, so he's looking uh, to do a pore fill, not repair... Mistakes. Mm. As he said, filler like Timbermate. So, um... Because he's going to start sanding. Okay. So with Timbermate, I usually like to apply that to the raw wood. When you're doing a pour fill, there's different techniques. One involves kind of pre-sealing the surface and then hit it with your filler and then sand back the filler. You can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. For, for this particular stuff, I actually like to just go on bare wood. So I would sand to my final grit, 220, whatever that is, Hit it with the filler, let that dry, and then sand again with the same grit, that 220. Um, you may have to apply a second time, but with Timbermate, I find most of the time, one application is all you need, uh, and go forward from there. I mean, depending on what you're trying to do. Sometimes, you know, whether I pre-seal or not depends on the type of finish that I'm using. You know, so if I'm using a quick drying finish, eh, maybe I'll give it a little quick seal. The nice thing is, if it's a colored pore filler, a lot of that color can get into the wood fibers as you're spreading it around, which is why people will seal first, so that all you're doing is dropping the filler into the pores, and then when you sand it back, it's still fairly clean on the surface. So either way will work, but maybe it's laziness or just in a rush to get the thing done, I will typically use a, a unsealed surface and then pore fill, but I, I think you'll be fine either way. I uh, got a question <clears throat> here from Jack Dolby again. Uh, what's by Mark's right side on the ledge? Is it a mini wooden plane or a scrape under the Japanese saws? Yeah, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Oh, this was, um, I can't remember the dude's name, but it was an auction that Nicole got for me, won for me. Mm -hmm. um, From Allied uh, Woodshop, I believe it is. Yeah, and I followed the dude, but I can't remember his name. I'm going to tell you in a so second. So someone made this and donated it to um, the, the auction, mm -hmm. and Nicole had the highest bid. So that's what it is. It's actually a usable, working, you know, it's a wooden plane, but it kind of yeah, has that uh, Krenov-inspired sort of Krenov plane look to it. Yeah. I'm, really, really sweet. I'm, I'll find it here in a second. Uh, while you're answering the question from Julius, would you try a thing for woodworking finish Oops. for science? What? Would I, I saw that question, but I don't understand. Maybe a woodworking book? Like a finish book? Nope. Science-based? See, when you have a background in biology, 
that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be very good at explaining chemistry, chemistry of finishing. Uh, the best person to write a book like that is someone who actually works in that industry. Because even if you understand chemistry, there's a lot of industry-specific things happening in the world of finishing that would make it something like you really want to get someone who works for the people who make the general finishes finishes, right? Or someone who works in you know the R&D department for Sherwin-Williams. People like that. Mm-hmm. Not people like me. I just do the best I can to understand it and then talk to it, you know, talk about it to other people. Scott Nelson. <clears throat> there you go. You can find him on Instagram. Uh, e scoot is more. Yeah. E s c o o t i s m o. Scootismo. Scootismo. I remember. E scoot is more. E scoot is more. That's Nicole's pronunciation. I like that. Uh, yeah, people are getting audio popping. I don't know, guys. I'm just going to retire. Can yeah, we just, we're just retire? Gonna, we're just going to end the show. I mean, who has the patience you know, for this stuff I mean, anymore? Do you really? No one cares. We're just going to stop doing it. Uh, so I did put this up accidentally earlier. Tommaso wants to know if the monthly drawings ever going to come back. Monthly drawings? Yeah, the oh, giveaways. Oh, the giveaways. I can safely say probably not. There are a lot of work. That was... Uh, Boy, that was something that really took up a lot of your time. It took a ton of my time. And it was just like, just as you finish it and you're like ready to kind of yeah. move on with things, then the next one would come. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to do. I, I, uh, I do them occasionally for our primary sponsors. So Titebon and Powermatic usually will give me some, something. But it's been <clears throat> such a crazy time with um, the shutdowns and COVID yeah. that, you know, I don't think that's really on anybody's mind but I'll, see, I'll I'll reach out to them and ask them if they want to do anything yup I'll do my job uh, Kojak Silverback is asking about that AMA we mentioned it went well I enjoyed it nobody asked me anything awkward I was expecting some awkwardness mm-hmm. but nobody asked anything that was inappropriate or awkward it was pretty nice there you go alright so uh, let's see I just picked my winner I don't think I'm going to announce the winners anymore in the show for the guild project from mm-hmm. the questions on Patreon. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you're and you'll, you ask you'll a find question, out who the you'll winner find is. Out. I just directly comment to them. Okay. One. So I just do a random org. We still do giveaways periodically, but a lot of times it's part of like uh, a deal with Powermatic or mm-hmm. Type On. We say, you know, we're going to do a giveaway six months into it, whatever a quarter, it is. Yeah, quarterly giveaway. Oh, uh, Apina wants to know what ha- what when is the beginning? Which sh- I feel like I answer that every week. Yeah, it's. We're still doing it. We are in the process of hiring someone new. When that person comes in and when we're firing on all cylinders, I can open the door to doing new things. His name's John. And I got to tell you guys, I've been thinking about this a lot. Thinking about the prospect of starting something that is like a course level piece of information for beginner woodworkers using tools that are not my my primary tools, Mm -hmm. more approachable tools. And I'm not promising anything. I'm just thinking out loud here. Originally, we were going to design a new guild-like experience, yeah. right? Uh, another walled garden, let's call it. But I gave it a lot more thought. And that sounds like more work than I want to do. <laughs> we just want to get it done. Like, subdividing my attention. I give everything I can to the guild. It's yeah. the primary thing that we do. And then whatever energy is left over goes out into everything else. Because you, when you run a business, it's your paying customers that are the ones that you tend to focus on as much as possible. If I increase my number of, or not just the number, if I increase the type of content I have to produce for a whole different subset of the audience that is also now a paying customer, I don't know that I have the mental bandwidth to handle both of those communities and give them everything I normally give them in terms mm-hmm. of attention and uh, you know experiences and things like that. So I feel like that's setting myself up for a failure and a trap in the future that I'm going to have a problem with. So what I have been thinking about doing is doing the exact same thing I was going to do before, but it'll be completely free. It'll just be maybe we'll have a page on the Wood Whisperer site where all these videos will go. Uh, there will be a lot less pressure for mm-hmm. me to continue adding things to it. I could just do the intro course and if I decide to never do anything else, then that thing will just be out there for free, you know? Because woodworking, guys, I'm going to tell you something. Woodworking information should be free. Shut up. It's something I've always said. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking uh... about. Uh, but this, you know, this stuff, I feel like it, it, it's better as a course that's out there for people to enjoy. And, uh, and we won't charge for it. So, 
again, I reserve the right to change my mind on this, but as it stands as right now... As we get now, into it and you go, holy crap. This, this is a lot of work. I wish I could get paid. <laughs> no, I, I honestly don't think it would be good for me to make it another paid course. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what may happen. <laughs> David says, just, you know. oh, bandwidth, you sound like a VP of a big company. It's just us. But... I'm actually the president of a very small company. <laughs> very, very small. I'm the VP. Nicole's my VP. <laughs> She's my VIP. PSE. My PSE and VIP all in one. <laughs> all right. What else we got? I think that shall do it. I've notified my winner for their guild project. Oh, you know what? I should probably do. What? If you're, we also continue this uh, in an after show, and I'm going to put that link. So if you want to come hang out in the after show, we talk more casual in there. Uh, David is asking if, good to see you guys, any chance you can start small projects like you did before was so much fun, please. Hmm? I don't know what you're talking about, David. Uh, um, I always generally do a mix of projects from large things to small things. We did uh, you know, kid-related things that mm -hmm. tend to be very DIY type project. So I'm not really sure what you mean by small. Do you mean physically small or do you mean, you know, more DIY friendly? I'm not really sure, but either way, I do try to mix it up. So that's, that's always been the goal. Overall. Mix it up. Yeah. All right. All righty. <laughs> Tom also is in the chat. He said, I heard my underwear came up in the AMA. <laughs> it did come up. The guy was like, what'd you do with uh, uh, Tom's underwear? And I was like, how do you remember that? Like it was such a blip in time that we talked about. It was really Tom asking the <clears throat> Yeah, question. that's what it was, his other account. <laughs> hey, what about that guy Tomaso? I hear he's really cool. He's a good buddy. <laughs> is he a, does he have good buddy status? Uh... Uh, okay, what else we have? <laughs> All right, I put Are the Are we link. done? Yep. Okay. We should probably see. <clears throat> we're, we're done? Yeah. Uh, no show next week. Yeah. Um, Mark, looks like we're going to film Daryl. Yeah. So I'm going to Seattle. I don't want to. I know you don't want to. I don't want to. It's just not a time I where know. travel comes to me as like, yeah, this is, sounds like a good thing to do right now. I got, but I made you a whole bunch of masks. But this has been a pre-order for over a year, yeah. Nicole. Yeah. That was, the, that was the straw that broke the camel's back on how we handle pre-orders. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is stupid. We cannot do this again. Yeah. But people have paid for it, so if I don't do this, we are gonna have to start uh, offering refunds, yeah. uh, and I don't wanna do that. So we're putting you in a truck and saying. Goodbye, Mark. Wash your hands. Good luck. Here's some, here's some Purell. <laughs> so yeah, we will be safe. We will be practicing you know, distancing and Darryl, as needed. And, yeah. and, and Daryl. gonna be wearing your, your respirator and Yeah, all yeah, that, and, so. and Daryl is you know, practicing you know, as safe as is reasonable in his shop. He works alone. Uh, so I will be there for a week, which means I will probably not be back by Friday. It, right. Almost Even if we get done early, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to be back by Friday. So I'll be out of town, um, but we'll catch you the week after that. He's leaving me with the kids. Yeah, oh my gosh. I feel so bad for you. You went to get your hair done the yeah, other day, and I'm like, uh, what am I going to do? These kids are driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. They're nuts. Okay. I just roll with it. So we have an after show that is going to start right after this. Lots of off-topic discussion. If you're uh, a patron, again, patreon.com slash woodwhisper, mm -hmm. uh, you get that in the feed there, and you could uh, hang out and ask us some weird off-topic stuff. Okay? Okay. Yay. All right. Thanks, everybody, and uh, have a great week. Or uh, have a great two weeks. Weekend, too. And a great yeah. weekend while you're at it. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>